Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast for the love of cinema, where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 296B, the second episode for the week, where we will now discuss our retro thoughts on the second movie and the third movie in the X-Men trilogy, X2, X-Men United, and X-Men The Last Stand. With you for that discussion, Grayson, Roger, and Chris, for the episode discussing Pinocchio from Disney Plus, including the whole box office breakdown, what's streaming, and trailer talk. Check out episode 296A that posted on Tuesday, 9-20. Well, gentlemen, we are talking about some movies that we actually like on this episode. Who'd have thunk? Well, I mean, there's a movie that we like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I actually lie. I don't mind The Last Stand. I'll give you my points. Uh, I, I knew it. <laughs> I knew God it. damn it. <laughs> there's always one. There's always one. So there's, let's always a, there's always somebody that likes Pinocchio. <laughs> oh, hey, we, didn't, we didn't go that far. We didn't go that far. All right. Let's talk about X-Men 2. Um, let's, so it came out. X, X-Men was 2000. X2 was 2003 uh, with the same director, Brian Singer, and a lot of the same cast. Of course, Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, uh, Halle Berry, Ian McKellen, James Marsden, Femke Jensen, all reprised their roles, along with Anna Paquin, Rebecca Rojim, Ram, Robin Rominge, Alan Rebecca, Rebecca Romaine. Rebecca, okay, Thank you. Is it Rebecca Romaine? Sorry. It's Romaine. Uh, Bruce Davidson. Uh, and we have some additional, um, f- such as Brian Cox, Alan Cumming as Kurt Wagner. I was in the Munich Circus. Uh, let's talk about it. So, Chris, uh, at Roger, I'm gonna. You guys are the are the Marvel faithful here. Let's let's. What do you guys think about X2, X Men United, um, in contrast to X Men from 2000? First, this, Chris, is, this, this is, is not your baby. Marvel. First, this is not Marvel. This is Fox in association in association with Marvel Studios Incorporated. I get it. Different. Fine, fine. Okay. it's a Marvel property. Is what I'm saying. Different I didn't, world. I didn't mean then. that. I didn't mean it was more. I mean, just it's a Marvel property. All right, all right, fair. Um, so, what was your question? Well, <laughs> thank you for that. In contrast to X-Men 2000, talk about X2, X-Men United. In contrast to X-Men 2000, X-Men 2000 was a was a wonderful breath of fresh air into the the superhero movie genre. Well, the, and then this X2 is, hmm? I, I thought you I thought you were going to trash X2. I was like, what are you doing? X2 no, is like no, no, no. And, and X2 is a is a wonderful through line of that. It's a it, it's so there was a cause I was X Men two thousand, and then this is the uh, this is the positive effect. This is good stuff. This is furthering the story, digging deeper into the characters, getting a lot of the same story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and getting a lot of a, more of what worked in the first movie, and then going further with it. Now that you've seen this be successful, you more of a committed budget. A lot of things were improved upon from the first movie to this movie, and a lot of the biggest thing that I think was carried forward was the commitment to, to certain characters and then allowing themselves to correct other things that they kind of went sideways with or didn't care about or didn't look into in the first movie, because we get corrections on, um, on pyro. We get corrections on, uh, storm. Funny enough, we actually lose something from storm, which is just a funny Easter egg. You can kind of point out, you know, for fans of this with storm losing her accent, other stuff, but this is a very good, film in my opinion uh x2 just entertaining some huge character moments my favorite wolverine moment is in this movie so there's just a lot of good stuff in this from uh from x2 then we make it to x3 how do you feel about x3 chris x3 x3 is the biggest disservice to the x-men franchise out of all the trash that Fox made with the X-Men license. The worst. It ruins so many things. It spoils so much buildup. It throws away so many big stories. It destroys characters that should have had bigger moments and could have been used later on. Instead, they just threw a whole bunch of shit into a pot that they wanted to use up before they were done with this trilogy and hope to God it made money. That's what X3 is. It's bad. So you love it, huh? Yeah, yeah. I I, I would argue some of those things you said, Chris. I don't think are as accurate as you think they are. Um, For example, I don't. I think it was Brett Ratner. I I just realized this when I watched it. Brett Ratner was the one that did X three, even though Brian Singer still, I'm sure, had a lot of say in the story. However, the writers changed quite a bit from X two to X three, and for the for the worse. Um, But I don't think there's anything you could have done 
I'm, I assume by characters that didn't have a bigger moment that should have, I assume you mean um, uh, Phoenix. No. Then who do you mean? No, Scott. that's the th- oh no. Scott Summers, like no, awful. No, the disservice no, did to him. No, no Phoenix did a disservice to him. But... Yeah, they did. They did. But Phoenix is the throwaway storyline, not the character. Bullshit. That was that was a uh, a hey, people like this, right? This is important. X Men. Let's put this in here. That was just shit. That needed its own movie. And then, funny enough, when Fox once when they did their own movie with it, they also failed at that. Well, weird. see, I disagree with you on that. But I, when we get to X, when we get to X Men: The Last Stand, I'll tell you why I disagree with that. Okay, we can. That'll okay. be fine. And that no, the, the character that gets the biggest disservice is Juggernaut. Oh right, Juggernaut is a Juggernaut, huge bitch. <laughs> He's a huge fan favorite, and they. Just butcher my boy. It's just I mean, it's bad. Well, okay. Did you like his casting? Vin Jones? Yeah. I mean, the casting was pretty you're spot on. A mank, you're a wank. You're a wank. I, got nothing, I got nothing against the man. But he is not the guy for the role. All right. Okay. So let's, let's go back to X2 then before we get okay. to Let's go back next to you. Now, it's important that Brian Singer make this with Zach Penn writing David Hayter and Brian Singer, all writers of this. So when you said it continues the storyline – because I don't know, I imagine if someone else would have done X two, we'd have, we'd have gotten a whole a movie that was a whole lot worse. Maybe because I Maybe. mean, Singer wanted to pursue the story he wanted to pursue, and I'm willing to bet. Now I don't know this, however, I have some evidence that might point to that I'm right. Brian Cox in this movie is everything. He's I think he's one of the things that makes this movie work as well as it does. He because outside of what we have. Outside of, of course, Ian McKellen, which is nothing to scoff at anyway, and Hugh Jackman, and the rest of the X-Men, Patrick Stewart, Brian, I think Brian Cox gives gravitas to an otherwise before then, you probably would never have seen anyone of Brian Cox's caliber be a villain in a superhero film. Would you have? Or did we? Mm, I, I don't have a list of like superhero films before this. You know that have villains and stuff in it that could have been iconic, but I think, I think in, I don't know, I think Magneto, and no, out, but outside of those guys, I think I think Brian Cox is a huge linchpin in X two. I I always did think that when I when I first saw him in X two, I was like, what? What about so Green like, Goblin? Well, I was like, why would someone of his quality be in a fucking superhero film? What about um, Green Goblin? You mean um, Willem Dafoe? Yeah. Well, fine. That's. When things started changing is around this time, is okay, you know well, Spider Man well, and X Men and well yeah um, okay but uh, I guess I'm confused by what you said with you know like 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 he's the first one when we had Willem Dafoe in 2002. Well we well fine but I I mean I would argue Brian Cox edges out Willem Dafoe by a little bit but that's that's just me wrong but yeah that's fine wrong statement I, I mean fine what what whatever but um <laughs> but I I just remember thinking to myself. What? How in the world did they get Brian Cox to do this? And, money. Well, I'm sure money. Whoa. But this, but this was also when he was in the Born stuff. So I mean, okay. there was, there was, he did. You oh know, my God, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, go, go on with. So I mean, there are things that you're going to say that I'm going to come at you from the other side of it, the side not being into the comic book lore, but rather trying to do more service to the film than the comic books. Which is a pro, which is a side that I don't think anyone should be on, but I'm going to do it to play devil's advocate anyway. So I want to talk about X2. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah. So Rogue still sucks. Yep, agreed. I have another statement. Robin's Robin's. <laughs> it's strong though. It's strong. It's it's, it's it's huge. Rogue and Cyclops both suck. I mean, Cyclops. He's was. I mean. They, they, they listen. They broke him in the first one. They do. Yeah. And they just can't. They then then they just drove the nail into him, into and then obviously they spiked his ass in three. <laughs> well, I, just, I understand where the character was going, but it just seems like but he, didn't have, he to. didn't have to go that. But way. listen, Scott. Could, listen, the way that they mismanaged Scott Summers. Obviously, I talked about this what last week. Um, is criminally bad, right? They didn't have to do that to him a second time. They could, of course, corrected Scott a little bit. Look. He could have been busted up, you know, after what happens to Gene in two and going into three. And listen, that dude could have had the greatest redemption moment, like actually could have been a goddamn leader of the X-Men. Instead, 
he gets fucking vaporized. Yeah. But it, it just boggles my mind why they did that to me. I would like to point out that you said let's talk about X2. Yeah. And now we're in X3 already. Well, so. it's, <laughs> but I mean, it's the whole Scott thing. It's I know. Just, I know. Because listen, he's gone for 80% of this movie. Yeah. Remember, he disappears in the tunnel and he's just gone. Yep. Until, like, he's not gone. He's like, I couldn't control it. Shut up, you fucking pussy. God damn it. Yeah. But, I don't know. I I mean, look, you get Wolverine at full Wolverine-dom here. Oh, you do, though. Oh, man. That kitchen scene, man, just gets me going every time. Well, so if you count, you know, he kills, like, 35 people. He does, and I get a weird... Which is an impressive amount for a PG-13 movie. I know. I, I, (laughs) I get a weird boner when he kills that guy at the fridge. It's just... I assume that every bone you get is at least a little bit weird. <laughs> you're right. You're right I mean, of all the things you've ever said, Roger, that's probably one of the most true. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But it's... So we, we get the continuation of multiple uh, characters here. Is it the reason or the boner that's weird? Yes. The yes. We get good continuations, too. We continue to explore uh, Wolverine's story. We get to see Jean Grey grow in power, and we find out glimpses of why... We get uh, Xavier following through on his promise to Logan. Mm-hmm. We also get, we do get Rogue furthered, but still a crappy Still character. crappy. We get Iceman. We get Pyro, which grow. Uh, we get to see. Get Colossus. We do get a glimpse of Colossus, who Colossus is like right there with. Uh, Colossus is also my boy. I, I, I have a soft spot for, for Colossus. I like him as Big a Big metal man. Oh, yeah. Just, he's just a dude, right? He's a dude. But I can help. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Such a bro moment. And then he's just carrying a TV later with one arm. He's just carrying a TV casually, <laughs> like an eight hundred pound television. Those old, those old tube style TVs yeah. that still existed back then still exist now because nobody can get fucking rid of them. <laughs> True. <laughs> but we, we get a lot of good character continuations, and they make sense because this is coming off the heels of X X two thousand, and in a very smart way. We continued exploring the things that we brought up in the last movie. I think that worked very well for this because well, we it all, it all leads into the stuff. mutant rights stuff. It does, and which that's, that's important. That's always been a thing with with the X Men story, though. It's always been it's a big, human, always will be too. Yeah, human mutant rights, all that kind of stuff. So we get a lot of smart choices here, story wise, writing wise, and probably you know director wise, that I really appreciate. Grayson, what say you? Well, I agree with you. However, I want to ask you different questions. Is yeah. See, you and Roger are coming at this from a comic book. I, I argue that Rogue was exactly what she needed to be. She was a teenage girl who all she wanted to do was have a normal life and touch her boyfriend without killing him. Rogue sucks. Well, fine. Rogue sucks, but that's where the story went. That's okay. Rogue's story from the movies sucks. It does. And and, and the, it's okay. I mean, we we discussed when in our first dis, you know talk about this is that you know, Rogue is a wasted character and doesn't pay correct homage to like who Rogue. she is. But for what the movie needs, she does move things along in, in a nice way in the first movie, and she continues that consistently, at least in the other movies. So That's what I'm, I'm saying is I, I respect them not course correcting and just proceeding with the same story. I respect it. I also think that um, the, the X-Men, X2 going as hard into mutant rights and then X3 continuing that was also a bold choice. It's, it's a bold choice now. Mm-hmm. I mean, for in 2022, it's a hell of a choice. But it was a bold choice even then. Imagine um, having that come out in 1984. Because <laughs> that's basically when the mutant rights when, thing started. Yeah. But I can see that. I mean, 1984 was another big big problem, too. In the There's another big epidemic starting in the U.S., too. But I can see, so it makes sense where the where the characters to me make sense. Well, I mean, the characters do make they're allowed to make sense. It's the issues with X two are they're small issues. It's X three when you start to get into like the problems with the story and the writing and the movies own inability to follow through with what it's created yeah it started a timeline and then it started started a path and then veers dramatically off of it because x1 x1 to x2 follows it very well and then they it's like it's like they felt safe to just do whatever they wanted and it doesn't work out and i do want to point out you said that you know me and roger are coming at this from you know the comic book side of things i don't think i am i'm coming at this from 
the uh, you know a fan of the first two X Men movies fan. Sure, you know, with uh, yeah, I have knowledge and you know characters should be one way or you know one way or another, blah blah blah. But in the end, I'm a fan of these properties because the because of how the first one was good, but the second one blew like, blew me away as you know as a younger as a younger self. I love that movie. It's just it's a good fantastic movie with characters that I enjoyed. So I, I would argue too, when like similar to what Chris said about looking at it from the comic side, like, look, I don't have to know where Rogue gets her powers or how Rogue is to know that this version of Rogue sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, because listen, all she does is like cry, like that's it. Boo hoo, woe is me, woe I mean, is look, me. I would counter you by saying she's also a teenage girl. Well, Teenagers I, have emotions. I understand that, know? right? But like, there are other parts of the any X Men story we could have had, and this is the version of Rogue that we get. Somebody made that choice, and yeah. it, it is what it is. Obviously, this movie came out twenty years ago. I can't change any of it. But knowing how that character is, and eventually, hopefully, we get a character, a version of Rogue that is more fitting of that character. Listen, the only reason we get the version of Rogue that we get is because it's Anna Paquin, right? Who youngest person ever, second youngest person to ever won an Oscar. Like she has the chops to play whatever she wants, yeah. And this is the version that they give well, us. They they, they obviously thought when they made the first one that they Wolverine's the most iconic X Men, and you had to have something else to try to pull in the other audience, the the female audience. So I mean, they went with Rogue. They thought was that person. Yeah, but they went with the weakest version of Rogue. <clears throat> if you wanted to bring in your female audience, why wouldn't you? Take the badass. Rogue. You could have gave a strong female yeah. character. I mean, and and you have Jean Grey and you have Storm, so you can't say that's why they went with. Rogue. But I mean, but they, I mean, two class well, fives, by the way, which is bullshit when they say that there's no other class five here when Rogue and Jean Grey are there. They are, or, but, excuse me, Storm and Jean Grey are there. Yeah, but also in fairness, Storm doesn't become a class five mutant until way later on. Blah 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 blah. But whatever. Um, see, I actually like what they did with because I mean. To me, Rogue kind of fades away in the second. Like her story becomes not nearly as important as it is not. the other. That's my my point is they. I mean, her story in three is a waste. Yes. Well, it, it it's a complete waste. I love you, Bobby. <laughs> but I mean, again, I, I think you guys are undercutting the teenage aspect of this. I really do. Maybe. Um, I mean, it's who cares? What what X Men and Spider Man did in the early two thousands was they they managed to somehow blend. The comic book world with somewhat of a reality It's what Batman does a couple years later so very well is it puts that person in our reality, those people in our reality, and it does it very well. So, I mean, to get some of these, I, I guess, in, again, I have zero experience with the X-Men comic book except for the, the, the animated in the 90s. But some of these stories have to be pretty fantastical to get the things that we get in the comics. And you just cannot do that on the screen. Well, so why well, not? I was gonna say because well, I see what we got on screen. They went for some of the harder stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we get Logan's story, and it's pretty damn good. And it's and it's it's close to you know the comic book lore. If you want, well, to if you're anything. if you're telling me that Logan stuff is actually kind of close, then I would imagine his comic book arc is somewhat dosed in reality. Just for just for shits and giggles, what is I don't know what is Rogue's Roger's story that you're so mad that they didn't go with. I'm not mad they didn't go with the story. I'm mad at the story that we got. Yeah. Well, what, like, what Rogue is, didn't have to be a giant fucking baby, but she is. But what yeah. what does Rogue do? Like what, what what makes Rogue such such a badass in in your universe? We talked a little. We about talked about this, this last time. So in the comic books and the you know whatever version of reality that you want for the X Men, yeah. Rogue is extraordinarily strong. Her power is strong, strong. Yes, she can't touch a whole lot of stuff. But she can absorb other people's powers. And we see that on display twice. One, when she gets stabbed by Logan and she takes his powers and heals herself. And this one, when she makes out with Bobby and blows the ice breath, you know, making you know, corny, quippy lines, okay? And takes Pyro's power. And takes Pyro, yes. She does shot, she shot his power. I forgot about that. Good call. So, in that story, and I did touch on this a little bit last week, she takes Captain Marvel's power so much so that she can fly permanently. So much so that she can fly and has super strength. Yep. On a permanent basis. But how do we get, I mean, outside of Colossus, how do we get that then? What do you mean? Like, how, how do we get what? And Ever the, absorb some super strong person and give her the same powers? But who, after the first X-Men movie, how do we do that? No, she should have had it in the first X-Men yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that, that that's more of the issue that we run into. But, but I can see it. it going, playing out that way if that's how she started and that's why she's running is because she's scared of what she's just gotten. 
Yeah, so sure. She puts that. her ass in a coma. Yeah, sure. I mean, then I can see that. I mean, but it's we didn't get that, and no. so we got. Oh, yeah, no. got. But but, uh, but to answer your original question, you know, like like why are, like like what version of Rogue don't we get? We don't get like the version of Rogue that we get in this is one hundred percent made up by by the writing team as to make Rogue a, a writing tool for the first movie. Okay, okay, it's, it, and that's what we get because all other there's no other version of Rogue that is like the movie version of Rogue that we get. None. It is the weakest version. Yeah, of she Rogue. is. She is a badass. She's a badass chick who isn't afraid of anything. Is extremely powerful with within her own group, and she is also she's fiercely independent. And in, th- in this, she's hyper dependent on everyone else around. She has to be taken care of. Whereas the original version, she is. She is all. She's fine all by herself. She doesn't need anybody. So we get okay. I get that deeper. now. Okay, now I understand where your plight is coming from. I, I was expecting some weird like, well, she does this, then she, and then then she blows no, up. It's not even that, like, she is just weak. Yeah, yeah, and, and also the another reason why she's one of the reasons why she's a big fan favorite is because of, of a pairing with her and Gambit. She's who we still have never gotten. We, we, yeah, but her and Gambit are like they're that's the main love interest between the two of them, and Gambit is a huge fan favorite as well. So there's just there's just a lot of missing from that character that you know people want. So okay, I and, I can understand that then. Yeah, and only, and only going down that road because you asked because other versions of characters we get that some are good, some are bad. Nightcrawler is another one that people were very happy to get because he is he's probably in top five for fan favorite. Sure. But it's not exactly the Nightcrawler that we're used. to. I was going to say I, re- I remember I remember I remember the the backlash when X two came out of. Why did they play it like that? He's just a, he's just way more reserved. It's it, it it's a it's a much lighter version of like what Nightcrawler is. Nightcrawler is a, is has a very very twisted like history within the comic books and all, and everything else. And we see his we see Nightcrawler's dad in one of the new Azazel ones too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we see Azazel who is a very bad dude. Where Nightcrawler's a good guy and. Almost to a fault, actually. It hit him, him and Beast are hand in hand a lot of things. Like once you get into like the cartoon stuff and that kind of story. But well, the other part of it is, is Raven is his mom. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Which Raven, is just Raven is Nightcrawler's mom. Yes. Yep. Mystique. Oh, they never even like hinted that in nope. this one at all. No, not once. It's, it's like it's and not that even stuff a like thing. that does not go unnoticed. Yeah. Well, no, no, that's what I think of. Blue. Now that I think about it, like they do, I guess some weird nod to it in the second one. Like you can, you can, you can interpret their interaction in the woods that way as, as like well, they, they, he knows they do that, have some acknowledgement of it in the. Other X Men movies yes. later on, there is some acknowledgement of it at least. So, all right. Well, but, then, okay. I I thought there might have been something there because the, I mean they're both they got that weird blue skin. They're both blue. They're blue. blue. <laughs> I'm blue. I mean, technically, I'm the blue. reason Beast is blue. Yeah. But but uh, anyway, we get Nightcrawler, who is a big fan favorite, and his power is pretty damn accurate. You know, to to how well, he yeah, works. No one ever says that he stinks. So let's so let's go and so I mean. The X Men Two, X Men United part, and then Cerebro. Okay. Cerebro is I don't again know how prevalent, but the way they Strange. go into it, yeah, the way they go into it, it must be huge in the comic book lore as well, uh, or at least heavily used. Cerebro just connects everybody together. Yeah, Cerebro is actually kind of overplayed in the movies compared to what it is in, in like the comics and the and uh, the TV show. From what I can, remember. it could kill everybody with it though if you it tried. Could. It could. Well, yeah. I it they, I always like they use the way they use Cerebro because I remember. The friend that worked at Carmike at the time told me that Cerebro is never really that big of a deal, and I'm like, well, in the movie world, I think it has to be because that's the one thing that like is comic booky and and real lifey kind of in the same like circles there. Kinda so because like, like what like, like Big Brother's watching you kind of deal. Yeah, but like you can use it in ex- as believable as anything in X Men is. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that for a while they all kind of team up together. You know, Xavier's mutants mm-hmm. and then. Um, Magneto's people that all kind of work together with, you know, one thing of we have to work together, we're all going to die. I get yeah. that. So, I mean, I did like that aspect of it. I mean, again, I think that was one of leaps and bounds ahead of any other comic book movie at the time. Like, wholly oh, yeah. ahead of it. Yeah. I mean, the, the crowd wasn't very big, though. But um, how do you like Magneto's Escape from Prison? Rewatching mm. it. No, I mean, awesome. I, I thought that was well thought out. I, oh, yeah. 
of course I thought that was well thought. I mean, it's 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 a clever way that it happens too. Is the, well, there's something different about you? So much iron in your blood. Well, and 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 the way he he like it. That's a good depiction of how Magneto flies because we talked about that in the first one too. Yeah. Where you get that single metal disc that he that he puts underneath of him, and he oh yeah, uses he just manipulates it to, it to fly out, to float out. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I mean Magneto is is Magneto a class five? Yes. yes. <laughs> so okay, oh, yeah. he's at many... the high. He's as high of class level as you can be. Yeah, he's he. He's How many a... class fives we got here? A few actually. Yeah, not say, Wolverine. Nope. So we have Xavier is definitely class five. Five. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, Jean Grey five. Okay, so Scott Storm. Summers five. Storm. Five. Scott's a storm five. Is, storm is as high as you can get to, by the way. Yeah. Dang. So what, 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 what was Toad? <laughs> two. two. Well, I always thought One. there. I always thought there weren't that many class fives, and like God, we have like seven of them, right? Well, so, well, there's not. There's it's not. just the group that Xavier has put together is very powerful. Yes, exactly. and that matters here. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't well, know Scott's only like a class three. Now yeah. I now I completely when it comes understand. to mutant ability. Now I understand. That's, that's how they that's how they judge it. Yep. Now I understand completely why people were so angry about Scott Summers because he was really kind of a pussy the entire. His time. eyes are interdimensional portals that shoot energy blasts, <laughs> uncapped energy blasts of power. Yep. And oh. we got this version of Scott Summers. <laughs> <laughs> I get God that. Damn it! <laughs> I get that. That's ah, it's just what could have been. What yeah. could have been? Uh, anyway, also, so, Iceman is a class five mutant too. Yep. Is it Bobby? Which we never re listen. We get a decent version of him in the future movies. Yeah, when they brought him back to yep. reprise his role. Which, which, which I'm glad that happened. The, so, how do you guys take the Alkali Lake thing then? What do you mean, that's how do not take it? the worst depiction of Wolverine's story you could yeah, get. That's what I mean. Because yeah, it's, it's fairly it's, it's close, good. and they do a good job with it. Like, there's nothing unbelievable about the whole you know origin of of the wolverine yeah they do and the the thing is you gotta put they put a good job of it into perspective too they put a good job into it as basically half of this movie yes because think about it we basically get multiple wolverine movies and don't really touch on alkali like that much as much as we do here because they did such a decent job at it here they don't want to have to go back and backtrack over it so And that's important to think about. Even they even do such such a decent job here that in the days of futures past, they actually call back to it directly. With 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 the younger version of Stryker and mm-hmm. and uh, and Logan at the end of that movie. That's I wondered. So these three movies do they stand with the other movies? I'm trying to think of that now. Is sort of. Yeah, so sort of. there's a weird continua- continuality between. The first three X Men, and then the follow up four X Men movies. Three. Yeah, I'm not counting Dark Phoenix, but you have to though, because yeah. listen, the line is the line continues. I know. You, wow. Listen, I don't care if you hate it; it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, when we get First Class, which resets everything a little bit, then we get Days of Futures Past, and then what? Um, Apocalypse, mm-hmm. and then Dark Phoenix uh, goes all downhill after Days of Futures Past. By the way, pretty awful description of things. Um, but yeah. Like, there's a continuality that stores and they basically bounce back and forth between timelines, which is kind of impressive to see how they do it. Yeah. But they also bring you through the Wolverine movies as well yep. that all spin back into that, which is why it is why, you know, I mentioned about when we talked about this together about why I think Days of Future Past is such an important movie. It is, I think, is better than what you guys give it credit for because of all the moving parts and they form that into a above average movie. Yeah, but I think it's your cast that carries you in that. Right? It definitely is. Yeah. It, it, it definitely is part of that, sure. Because, you know, but you get everybody back, yeah. you know, doing their doing their stuff again. Yeah. And they, they build a cohesive story that shouldn't have worked, but kind of does. Yeah. So. I mean, the, the positives we get out of X2 are we do get, you know, follow through with characters. We get great character moments in this, uh, both on the human side and on the mutant side. We get, in my opinion, what is the most iconic seven minutes of Wolverine you'll ever get out of any of these movies, and that's when he is clear- clearing up the house. Well, when he, when he when he's clearing the mansion, when he, when he's clearing the school, and that first kill when he kills the guy at the refrigerator man, and he's just he's his claws are just it like all the way through the guy, and he's screaming in his dead face. That is just perfect. Ah. It's everything that I wanted out of that moment, and then we get. We get Gene's, you know, eventual evolution into what will be the Phoenix. 
then that's unfortunately in two is as good as that gets. See, I mean, I love that that sacrifice, Roger. You know, I love that sacrifice. Gene Gray's the sacrifice, sacrifice is fine, and, and and so listen, the sacrifice is fine, and the fact that it 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 begins the the rebirth of the phoenix is fine. It's the way it's handled in the next movie, which we'll talk about in a second. The other things in two that I think are worth mentioning are is is the the the, the climax setting in in two where we get to go back to the lake, we get to go into the lab and everything that's happening, I think is pretty well done. Actually. I liked, I liked mystique going in as Logan to begin with. And that was a night. That was an awesome moment in there showing what she can really do. Cause she's, she's very capable um, in, in a lot of things. And they, they're not afraid to show that they, you know, they've always kind of had mystique near the front or at the front with when they had Jennifer Lawrence playing her, but it's nice to see her doing things besides just be, you know, Magneto's lackey. The threat of Cerebro and Jason controlling Xavier to make it happen is an interesting piece of story, but it gets everyone to this point in the movie is all it's for, and it's to set up X3. It's just a shame of what they did with X3 with all this work to set it up. Well, see, I don't think that when they made X2, I don't think they didn't plan for X3 in the story yet. X3 came... X2 did so well they did X3. It had nothing to do with the story didn't they didn't like leave things open for that reason. I I would agree with you if they didn't have the ending scene with the Phoenix. Well, they might have known they might have wanted to do, but it came so 4 years, no, 3 years later. Yeah, 3 years. Oh, they yeah, they reached 3 years. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't you're right. The story doesn't jive with X. X the last stand doesn't really jive with X2. It doesn't. It, it's but it's a, again, you had worse writers on there too. True. So we talked about was, the quality of writing and, and, and Disney already, so that matters. That has to so, matter. So tell why would you put worse writers on the on the end cap movie of your trilogy that has done so well? I so I have an, I have an answer to that. Okay, because they didn't think they were worse writers, and I mean that legitimately. They put together a writing team that had a vision. Because I guarantee you this is the kind of shit that went down. Look, I know how we end this trilogy. What if, and then they rattle off all these things, and it comes down to this big-ass battle in Alcatraz, and they go, all right, let's do it. Well, Simon and they, they start getting They start getting pen to paper and get a little bit into it, and they're like, I don't know if we can pull this off. Because I would argue that X3 isn't as bad as you think. I just rewatched but, it. Well, hold on. But it also is that X2 is is so much better but like the storyline doesn't change a whole whole lot. They just try to do less things in X two because they try to smash a whole bunch of stuff in X three. So you never get a really hashed out idea. I'd rather change your words to more focused in X two. Okay, okay, fair. More fo- but, but you think about what we just talked about with like the half of the Wolverine story that takes place at Alkali Lake. Mm-hmm. You don't get a third of that kind of stuff at any given point on X three. No. So like they have two. There's too many moving parts. You're trying to be you bring in extra characters that probably don't matter. Listen, I think Beast is cool as hell. Mm-hmm. Kind of irrelevant, right? Unnecessary fan service is all that was right there. We get a super cool thing with War, uh, Angel, right? Mm-hmm. Also, mostly irrelevant. Get wasted, right? Really. Exactly, right? Like excellent fan service character does not need to be in that movie in any real capacity. And then we have large parts of stuff that take place in the woods that don't actually matter. Mm-hmm. Like, none of that matters. We get some bastardized version of what the Morlocks, isn't that what those people are supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. Which, you know, if you don't know who that is, big deal in the comic book stuff. Also, they don't really matter. Yeah. You know, they they just put them in there because, like, hey, look who we got. Look what we're doing. They never hash any of it out. They never develop it. Mm -hmm. It never becomes the story that we could have been. Because, listen, if you've done all that correctly, you probably have to do a fourth one legitimately and i think if there had been a fourth one where if x1 and x2 went together and then x2 to x3 and then an x4 whatever you wanted to call it at that time and x4 was all the cure stuff that would have been fine it could have been developed you know that could have been like the extra movie leading up to the cure stuff or whatever but that's not what we get so we get a movie that's rushed underdeveloped and poorly written because they tried to do too many pieces of the puzzle is what i think and X2 didn't have any business being as good as it was. No, honestly, it, 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 doesn't. Doesn't. it doesn't. Yeah. But, you know, you're coming off what's the high point, and then you get the low point. So that's why X3 looks as bad as it is. X3 is a standalone movie. 
it's okay. It's okay. But when you look at them all in a row, it's just a disaster. Well, see, at the end I, of the I mean, I agree with you, and I think I, Chris, you and I are just never going to agree on the Logan's ascent up the up the garbage heap to get to Jean Grey. I think that's that's what movies are made of. To me, that's awesome. That's a hero. I mean, that's, that's just, an ass cop out to end this movie. Well, fine, it fine. Is, though, but that, if that, you that's my problem. if you take away the potential of what the characters are in the comic book lore, is it so bad though? No, yes. No, no, no. I, the, I disagree the, with you. It's a hell of a moment. The characters and who they are in the comic book lore is what makes that moment so big. But they don't earn it. But they threw it in there. That's the problem with it. It doesn't pay the proper homage to what that is. But what is it Wolf, though? That's what I'm Wolf, asking Wolf, you. Wolverine, Logan, killing Gene is such a big deal that it's actually insane to think about that they just threw it at the end of a movie for no good reason. Well, no, and no, they didn't but, even get to bang. That too. Well, fine, and but like, I mean that's, that matters. I think, but <laughs> that's why that matters is because Logan is so in love with Gene Gray, and then he has to be the one to kill her. That's a great hero moment. Regards, that's of, manufactured. Though. I disagree. Again, I disagree with you. I think that's the best part of the third movie, and it's not even that. I mean, that is the best part. And that's saying something because it's kind of not great to begin with. But I think that is a wonderful moment. That you're so, so, completely downplaying. No, I'm not downplaying it because because they downplayed it. That's the problem. The Dark Phoenix story could be its own fucking movie, and it and was. No, it, it, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, no, they did that with 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 worse writers somehow, and with no, and they didn't earn that either. No, they I, did, I just had to check Simon Kinberg. All the movies that sucked, Simon Kinberg had to deal. And I, I, I only know this because I dealt with him. I had to deal with him on um, uh, Fantastic Four. Well, then things make sense then, right? Yeah. He, so, yeah. so Dark Phoenix should have been its own work. They should have done X1, 2, 3. And I disagree with you. It should have been X-Men uh, X3 with The Cure. And then the Phoenix movie should have happened. Gene should have been okay. nowhere near, the, near this fucking movie in 3. Gene should have been in the fourth. Oh, okay. Just left her left her in, in the, the lake. water. Sure. Uh, okay. Uh, that, then, that I'm okay with because, because she's wasted. Because then movie. you have sad, angsty Scott the whole movie. Oh yeah. And he oh, goes super angsty. And, and he, he goes dark. And then and then he has and then him, him, Wolverine and Gene have huge character moments in the fourth hold on, hold on. Dark Phoenix movie that doesn't happen. Hold on. Aren't we doing what Roger got a little? A little annoyed at on the Rings of Power episode, aren't we doing that same goddamn thing? Rings of Power episode, elaborate, explain yourself. We didn't get that. We got no, what we got. We it ain't. And to quote Roger, we ain't never gonna. It ain't never gonna change. No, we ain't never gonna get that Dark Phoenix movie that Chris well, is. Explaining. Well, no, but, I'm, but I'm, I'm telling you, this is how they went. So, I mean, I'm just using Roger's own, you know, his own logic. There is, we gotta talk Con- about what happened, not what happened, because you and I, Chris, talk about the lore and how it could have been different. Context matters here. It does, and we're sp- and we're going back and talking about an old movie. Compared to a currently running series, but but there's still stories being told with existing lore they didn't pull from. The context that Roger pulls from there is different than what we're pulling from here, though, because it's about the about the disagreements with the fans and how 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 they're they're bombing the movie, review bombing the movie because it isn't what they wanted, and because of things they didn't agree with happening okay, in it. Okay, this we can move on. This is just this is objectively bad. Yeah, we're, we're and right now we're talking about the reasons why. This this movie failed mm-hmm. when it didn't have to fail. Yeah. Because they could have done any one of these things. Now, listen, you're right. They didn't. Yeah. And the movie we got, though, is pretty poor. It is. If but- you look at it, especially in the form of the, what's supposed to close out the trilogy. Mm-hmm. And that's the most embarrassing part is this is how they chose to close this loop. Out of successful loop. Hold on. But I don't – but okay. Let me, let me ask you this. Was it closing the trilogy or was this just another movie in what could have been a quadrilogy because – Magneto is not done at the end of this movie. Well, that's he, what we're just talking about. You just said we couldn't do that. But I mean, <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. I would say that they that they planned on a fourth movie in this. That's what I'm saying. Is so, they they planned on a fourth movie? Here's my only kindness I can do that question. And this trilogy is that it was going to be four movies, but then something spooked somebody and they crammed two movies into one. Simon, I can see something like that. Simon Kindberg. I'm telling you, he was the reason. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but I don't know what would cause them to, to. Maybe they wouldn't green light it, and he's like, "Well, this is what we're gonna go with." Maybe, maybe, but like, 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 because this movie feels like it's it is two movies crammed into one. 
So maybe this was planned for four or someone wanted to do four. And then someone was like, mm, I think we're only going to do the three guys, you know, and then, you know, maybe we're losing X, Y, and Z. Maybe someone isn't coming back. So we got to, we got to close this loop up. Well, I remember there being a thing where Brian or Brian Singer stepped away in the pre-production of X3. So, and Brett Ratner took over. So I remember reading that and that being a big deal. And the movie came out. So perhaps that's the reason is they just couldn't, creatively they couldn't come to a so i mean what happened to spider-man in 2007 mm-hmm. happened originally happened to this one in 2006 like they just crammed too much shit into one movie and that ruined the movie it becomes a disaster yeah sure. well it's weird that how that happened to two two movies that started out pretty two movie shows that started pretty great yeah mm-hmm. well i mean that's it, it's telling but the p- point is i i don't think last stand was ever supposed to be what it what it was I can agree with that, and it, but it doesn't it doesn't make it better. No, no it, it doesn't. It's, it's still you look at the context of the other two movies. And, it's, it's by far the worst one. Yeah, and I never got so X the X Men the Last Stand was two thousand six. Uh, Brett Ratner made it. Writers changed. Same cast. I just never got to introduce the movie. But here's the thing I want to ask you is yeah. about Last Stand is. You say it didn't go where it should. I kind of say I think it kind of in a weird way did but it, it did in the same way that x-men the last stand with then in, in the direction the same way that like terminator dark fate went in the same like it kind of went with the lore but not really but we have to accept it mm-hmm. so that's my thing is if you're gonna go past x2 still with the mutant rights where do you go with it that's not the last stand well again i think it's I think the problem with Last Stand is two movies coming into one. You can go into the Cure story. You just don't need Dark Phoenix. <laughs> like I think that's the issue. All right, that that's that, that's that's that's, that's fair. And yeah, because because if you remove Jean Grey from the movie completely and you don't kill Scott Summers, your movie's fine. You could end up in all of the same places. Every single scene that is in this movie, excluding Jean Grey can still happen all of them the phoenix in this movie means nothing you can remove her from every single scene and it doesn't matter the only thing that matters is the is logan's walk up to to kill gene gray which is which is a it is a hero moment it is a sacrificial moment it's a big deal but again the fact that you can remove gene gray from this entire movie and get to exactly that point without it means it's not earned. It just happens. And yeah, it only happens right. because it's a big deal. But I think I they may have been scared. I think they may have been scared that they could Maybe Hugh ja- maybe Hugh Jackman said he was fucking done with Wolverine and then they ta- and then they said how about 200 million more dollars in three more films? And he was like, "Oh yeah, all right, I guess I could do it again." You know what I mean? I mean he's he's so I've got to go back in shape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, look, because when he comes back into Wolverine, he's he's fucking, as fucking shredded as you could be. Well, I mean, and yeah, there's yeah. also the one. What's the one with when he's in Tokyo? I, I like that one a lot. That's the Wolverine, right? Oh, yeah. the, the the Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that Silver Samurai, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he's um, character. Yeah. So, God damn it. <laughs> Well, I mean, on that last point, Grayson, I challenge you to watch X three, and just think about imagine without Gene. Think real hard if 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 the if the scene that you the scenes we get with Gene even matter, and just remove her from the movie, and then and then with that in mind, watch that last scene, the sacrificial scene, and think about how unearned it is. Well, I think they may have been scared of well, we've 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 had it for two movies. We're just not going to have her in the next movie. I mean, they could have easily just, after she was recovered, they could have easily just left her with Xavier. And then yep. Xavier's like, I need to work on Jean Grey. If I don't, yeah. she's going to fry the entire universe. <laughs> after, yeah. After, well, yeah, basically. So, I mean, but yes, that could yes. have been done. Although, I th- I mean, obviously, what won out in Fox's thinking was, we've she's got to be there. Yeah. She's been integral so far. We can't just not have Femke Jensen when we have her. You know, I mean, that that was probably the thinking. Mm-hmm. That they just, yeah. I mean, and they didn't want to bank on they needing and having to have a fourth movie. You know what I mean? Because like trilogies at this point were already so hot. 
Four yeah. movies are not hot at that point. It's like the, tri- <laughs> the trilogy yeah. is the hot part of it. We had we had Harry Potter going at that time. You could have just had like yeah. X nine at some point. This is, I mean, also like Lord of the Rings. We got that. that. We got up to seven. <laughs> we got seven of those. So we got to twelve, like twelve or something. If you count Wolverine and all those other ones. So I want to talk about the last, the last um, like piece of shit moment in uh, paw and in chest. The pawns go first. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I, I mean. Our boy Scott, right? Yeah. Probably the biggest tragedy that befalls us in three. Oh, yeah. No. It's just how dirty they did, how they how they do Cyclops. Yeah. He's just so sad. And then he's just so dead. He is the saddest boy. <laughs> like, and then he is super dead. So you know the rule where if he didn't if you didn't see it happen on screen, it didn't happen? Mm-hmm. He fucking died. <laughs> She vaporized him. It wasn't even on screen. I mean, look, there's there's no one there's no one that watched X three that wasn't like, wait a minute, that really just happened. Like the first time I watched this, I was waiting for Scott to show up. Well, come back sometime later. What's 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 weird is fall out of some weird fucking portal. Something. Well, what's what's weird is is with when Storm and Logan get there, they they find Gene laying around in Scott's glasses, but they're not like, wait a minute, where where is Scott? No one gave a shit. Like somebody should have been like, he doesn't have his glasses. This is fucking bad. Yeah, right. Not that bad. He's like, dead. Like he's like he's gonna burn the word the world because of the crisp. But that's the point of like that, yeah, things do definitely like come out of like what? Really? Yeah. You didn't those are the big character moments. And like that one moment in the that one woman in the forest when Logan goes to get Gene and then like he's he's intercepted by Magneto and he's like I'm not leaving without Gene and Magneto's like yes you are and flings him then we just go to the yep. next scene like it like yeah. it, like he just didn't no, and then we're in San Francisco yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like how far away is that like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah because look I know where the I know where the mansion is yep. the mansion is in New York. New York yeah okay they're not close <laughs> no not- like even if you got in your Blackbird the X jet uh-huh, yep. and flew as fast as you can go. That's a three hour trip, bro. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, that's not a thing. Like, you can't just be like, we got to get to San Francisco. Yeah. In three fucking hours. <laughs> just play the theme music. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Is like I don't think we it's ever. E- honest to God, it's easier for me to believe that somebody can make portals and they walk through. Yeah, well, like, I mean, you can write that in. Well, so I mean, the for the first one makes sense because the first one happens in New York. The big time yeah. activity yeah, sure. happens at the Statue of Liberty. I get that. Second one, they go to Canada, which from New York really isn't that. I mean, it's a it's couple not, hours. No, it's, it's not. not. not yeah. Falls, especially right especially if you're in North, you know, North, mm-hmm. you know, Northern New York. It's yeah, but I mean, in this one in X three, there's really no like. Yeah, they go back and forth like 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 it's a five minute walk down the street. You know, it's oh. like it's just I I did notice that. Yeah, another nitpick about X two real quick: those jets that shoot down the X wing, the the X jet, never would fucking happen. Not it's not even possible. No, no, those jets are left in the fucking dust. They have no idea what the UFO they just saw. Period. And it's also other other <laughs> things of reference from how far things are from each other. So they're in the forest in California. So are they, are, are they supposed to be in like the giant redwood forest? Is that where, yeah. You know how many hours away from San Francisco that is? Yep. And then you just come walking up the fucking Golden Gate. Like, you didn't walk there. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a thing. Oh, but I mean, look, does it really matter in the grand scheme of... It matters to me. Do you know how big California is? It, 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 it's, it's huge. It's big, big. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Big, big. <laughs> big, big. <laughs> what you just said. It's, and those things then might not have happened. Period. End of discussion. <laughs> yep. But I mean, also the fact that like the US military never like worries about this X-Men, the jet just zips out and around. Like it's just it 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 kind of takes you out of it when you think of some of those facts. Actually, well, yeah. you wanna know something that really takes me out of it, and this is a serious plot point for a second. When they're lo- when Bobby is looking for Rogue at the mutant clinic, and like there are thousands of people cheering and chanting, and Pirates walks up behind him, he's like looking for your girlfriend. Like, <laughs> bro, what? Yeah, the fuck yeah. did you come from? Yep. Like that's not even his power. You know what I mean? And then he's like, you know what? Fuck it, and this explodes a building. Which I respect that. Yeah, power move. Really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like there were people in there, sir. Like fellow mutants, not anymore. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Like, bro, what? they might not be dead. <laughs> They're dead, Roger. Jesus Christ. Um, I... now that now that we're talking about it, like, I think so much less of the last stand. You should have left yeah. that stupid school. 
He headbutts him. You should have stayed. <laughs> oh, no, no. Get out of here. Get the fuck? We're no, ice man and fucking like, pyro fighting. Yeah. yeah. Looks like class look, looks like class is out. Or no. He, looks like, I don't know what he said, but you should. Yeah. He, he said you should have left that stupid school. Yeah. And Bobby grabs his fucking ejector thing, his, his yep. gas thing, and he's like, you should have stayed. And fucking headbutts him. You never should have left was what Bobby said. I can't remember what yeah. the pyro said. He, Bobby says you, you never should have left. Okay. And anyway. So awesome. you're right, though. I think... I, I I would I would bet I would bet a thousand dollars on the fact that Simon Kinberg wanted Logan's ascent up the garbage heap to Gene to kill her, and that's what that's what made it in. That's why we have the movie we we, we have. I'd bet you yeah. anything. Um, I've just I would bet you that's what. But I mean, it, I still love that moment. You you can't take that moment from well, so me. No, it's like I said, like it, it's it, it it's it is a big moment and it's huge for fans, but. Again, it's just not earned is my problem. Like it's just it's just thrown in there along with the rest of the Phoenix story because it's a big it's a big story to put along with this because they just didn't have the balls to write a whole movie for any other direction. And it's the movie we got, you know, it, it which is a valid statement. It's just I'm allowed to be unhappy with that. As a fan, you know, who's passionate about about this particular, you know, Subject matter. Oh, no one understands that better than me, Chris. Nobody understands that better than me. It, it's just one of those things. It is. You're right. You're, you're not wrong about any of it. Yeah, um, and, and and like a, a couple of the things that I do like in in X3 because there's not a lot, but like Colossus is my boy, and we get a whole bunch of him in this at least, which I'm I, I'm I'm down with that. I like Beast, so I, I don't dislike yeah. it. Yeah, it's just I don't think he's pays. Political politician Hank McCoy to mm-hmm. me is a better version of let's you know beast pinball around here. Yeah, yeah. Like that's agreed. unnecessary to me. Yeah, agree. I mean. But I, I do, I do like that he's in here because I, I didn't think we'd get him honestly, just because of how many how, we already have two blue guys. You know, we just get a third blue guy in the third movie, I guess. But I just, I like, I, I do like Kitty Pride in this too, which we've had three different people play Kitty. If you if you're following if now that you've seen all three movies you know with with like watching this so close we get three different actresses playing Kitty in each one of one in each movie but I like the way they do her here she's I think she's well played and she's well casted in this movie so th- there are positives Storm is always going to be this weird thing where like she has the accent in the first one she doesn't have it in the second one then she kind of has it in the third one it, it's I'm okay with them not doing Storm's accent just be consistent with it. And, you know, I, I don't know. Like, there are good things in X3. The action's good. They waste Clone, but Clone's cool to see. I, I was happy to see Clone in the forest, but he's just kind of he's kind of thrown away. And then we do get a big, awesome, you know, mutant fight scene at the end on Alcatraz Island, which is kind of cool to see. I'm, I'm down with that. It's just all the things that led to, like, the bad stuff. It's too hard to look away from. Well, me, lo- logistically, that fight doesn't make any sense. I mean, outside of Beast, and, outside of Beast and Wolverine, they would have been clobbered. You know, it's like they wouldn't have stood a fucking it's chance. It's in time. But I mean, legitimately, Magneto sort of flicked his ass into the ocean. True. I mean, and I, know, I honestly don't understand why they didn't do something like that. <laughs> because it didn't fit the script. I mean... Yeah. But it, it would have, though. Because listen, if he would have bounced his ass off the building and knocked him out for a while, why not? Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And you then mean, he wakes up to slaughter more people. Fine. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the but they couldn't... I mean, it's it's the whole thing, like, why Captain Marvel does, doesn't come in five minutes earlier in the in the endgame. Like, because it would, it would ruin the movie if she did. Magneto flinging Wolverine into the ocean would just ruin everything. Like, I mean, 100%. technically, she just throws his ass into space. Well, fine, but still, but it ruins... what it, you ain't coming back from. It ruins back. everything. <laughs> it ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point. It's like, it doesn't... Even when now what now, Chris? You might you guys might want to go back and watch this, but when when Wolverine flies at, and I just noticed this watching it when Wolverine flies at, um, what's his face, Magneto, um, Magneto in the end, and then in he the woods or no 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 end. in the end when he's in the gravel and then he comes down and on his back he's flying towards him and then Wolverine turns him on his back and he lands with his head towards like his feet away from Magneto, mm-hmm. and then the shot is the shot is him looking down. Wolf, Logan's looking at the camera away from towards his feet, so yeah, like well. they even have that like aligned wrong. But I don't. Let's talk about the cure for one second. Those darts and the plastic guns. Let's yeah. talk about that for one second. That's also a big deal when Magneto gets stuck with those things. Well, yeah, like that's a huge deal. Um, hundred percent. So, the next movie obviously would have gone with 
Magneto finding some way to regain his strength. He had his power back by the end of that yeah. movie. Yeah, well, he, has it back he, had, he had a little bit of his power. We don't know how hey. much of it back. It's all right. Alpha well, level mutant baby. Yeah, it, it, it's coming back Excuse already. Me. Omega class is what but, they technically call but it. But again, like this is where the movie being like this being four movies plays perfectly into that too, where you know you keep Jean Grey and the Phoenix out of this. Magneto loses his powers. He's not a part of the next fucking movie because it doesn't have to be because you have an entire arc of of the Phoenix to deal with. He can just be Eric. Yeah, he can just be Magneto. around. You know. Well, but because we, we also it, lose Mystique in this, like as a joke, we lose Mystique in this movie too, and she gives away all the secrets. Well, yes. Which again, I would argue, though, that we don't really lose Mystique. Mystique loses her powers. Mm-hmm. We find out later on in this same movie that the cure is not permanent. Yep. Because listen, old Mags took four doses. Oh, Mags. Oh, Mags. <laughs> oh, Mags. <laughs> he took four doses. Mm-hmm. Now listen, I understand he's a very powerful mutant. Okay? If he took four and shrugged it off, some people are going to shrug off one dose. Mm-hmm. So, I, I still love you calling them old mags. That's my favorite yeah. part of what, yeah. this whole whole podcast. Yeah, well, it, but it's just it's, I mean, it's one of those things where again, this could play because like Xavier and Eric both made big decisions when it came to Gene and the Phoenix, and that's played out a little bit in the newer movies when they happen with Dark Phoenix. But so you could have an entire movie where Eric is just Eric, but. They're dealing with the Phoenix. Oh, we and didn't even talk about. So we didn't even talk about. I think the other most powerful moment in the third movie is the scene in the house when Xavier gets evaporated. What? Oh God, yeah, yeah, but he's not dead. No, but the the point is, both Wolverine and Magneto see someone die that they didn't think could die. They well, didn't... I mean, he does die there. Yeah, he just comes back. But that's the point. Is like. You know that, right? Like, there's yes. a stinger at the end of this the movie. end yeah. when she's in when he's in the patient. Hello, Moira. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went nowhere with it. So, I mean, who cares? Well, yeah, true. Because well, yeah. here's the thing: that would have been a hell of a setup for a fourth fucking movie. Weird. Well, where mean, the Phoenix is important, but it's fine. but it's so. I think. I mean, to me, that that moment is also. It's above the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's like and and it's, I would even argue it's like. So in the fellowship, when they're running across the bridge, and then Gandalf, you know, the very famously says, "You shall not pass," and the Balrog whip drags him down. Why some of those cutaway shots are so important to people who love the Rings fandom is Aragorn's um, his look on his face is complete bafflement. He's just saw someone die that he didn't think could die. The only person he's ever known to be immortal, to be a wizard and all knowing, is now gone. And now they have to proceed without. It's so like that's the same look that like Xavier gives when Charles, or sorry, when Mag, old Mags, as Roger calls him, gives when uh, Xavier goes gone from Gene. Like mm-hmm. that's a great moment. That's acknowledgement that. And I mean, and of, sadness. And of course, the other part of that scene is when later, when someone scoffs at Xavier's name, and then he says, "I will not." Pyro. He I will, says, yeah, I Pyro. The professor, if I. Uh... If I had the chance, yeah. And then he and and then he says, snaps, yeah. "Charles Xavier done more for mutants than you could ever imagine in your life." Yep. Like basically calls him a punk ass bitch. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the acknowledgement of that moment too. Is like I think that's a very underrated moment in that movie too. Is the scene in the house? It's incredible. Well, I, I legitimately think in that moment Magneto is sad. Yeah, well, I, I, he absolutely is. They're they're boys. They always yes. have been. Listen, we have ideological differences. He's still my best friend. Yep. <laughs> so. I always like that they're going to the, I mean, it's just those two were always, I would have liked to see more of that in the entire trilogy. Well, that's why that I think the second round of X-Men movies actually work as well as they do, because now obviously you don't always get, you know, Patrick Stewart and uh, Ian McClellan doing it. You get McAvoy and Fassbender, and I think they do a hell of a job doing it they too. They do. And that's a big deal. Yep. So, you know, it matters. Yeah. Well, of I don't know. Matters, I think I've touched on everything that I really want to talk about about these. Well, X two is good. X three is not. So, but the entire that's but, the real short but the but the trilogy as a whole, I think, is still a very positive thing. It is because again, it does a lot for superhero movies, and I I, I don't think we get I don't think we get the Christopher Nolan Batman movies in the way we do with without at least X two thousand, right? I don't. I think X two is what did it. Yeah, I think because I mean allowing. 
some of those, like you talk about Wolverine being allowed to be Wolverine in the second film, I think really yeah. kind of gave some people some ideas. Yeah. Because I mean, you can still have your characters that are savage and very dangerous. You can still let them do that for a few minutes. I mean, and I mean, that's, that's the whole blending of like the comic book characters in a realistic world. Yeah. The thing you that like, felt- yeah, Spider-Man and X-Men started and then Nolan mm-hmm. perfected in Batman. Yeah. So you know, it felt really good to be gone in X2 and X3. Toad, the fighting comic book sounds. <laughs> oh right, well that was oh, that shit was gone but, by X two. But that was God. that was a leftover from the you know the the nineties, not really knowing how to handle comic movies at all. Yeah, yeah. You know that was Thank just God. that was just a leftover from. I mean, X Men would have been shot in ninety nine or nine or ninety eight even, and then delayed. Yeah. But yeah, it was it would have been a big deal. It would it would have been a mistake to release that movie in ninety nine. That would have been a mistake to call it. I mean, X two thousand is a good is is as good a name as X Men. Oh, you know what I just thought of. The beginning of X three, before Scott goes out to the lake, and Wolverine's like, "Scott, where were you today?" And he's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I had to cover for you." He's like, "I didn't ask." And he grabs him, and he's like, "You got to get over this, man." And Scott looks him right in the face. And he goes, well, "No, all of us heal as fast as you do, Wolverine Logan," and fucking storms off. Yeah. What a fucking awful line that is. That's <laughs> disgusting. That's, yeah, it's- we don't all heal as fast as you, Logan. Boo. Boo that man. Well, I mean, <laughs> Boo whoever fucking wrote that line. And you know whoever they did our boy Scott dirty. I know. The entire time. Well, Scott is always I mean, I didn't but you know whoever wrote that line was like, I'm so clever because there's a double entendre there. You get it? Get it? Elbow poke. I should be shot in the face. <laughs> that was Simon. I promise you that's Simon Kinberg. I promise you. I'd bet anything on that. He's one of the writers. I'll bet you anything on that. Um yes, that's Interesting. That I don't know why it just popped into my head. We don't all heal as quick as you, Logan. <laughs> also, remember. Also, remember when you got shot in the head, Logan. <laughs> the second movie. He just pops the bullet back out a couple minutes later, and then the cop looks at him like, "Um, didn't I just shoot you in the head?" Yes. <laughs> Put that down was the knives. I can't. <laughs> That's a good. I mean, Funny. yeah. So I'm I'm happy this trilogy exists, and I was I was surprised. I didn't see next two in a while. I I was really happy that it holds up as well as I remember it holding up. I'm happy they're available in 4K on uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, Disney Plus. Yeah. So, Chris, um, I'm gonna. Any last comments before we move out, move out of X Men? Uh, no. I, I, I'm glad we. I'm glad I got to revisit these. Um, as a 34 year old man, and really got to see the evolution of these three oh, films. That's what I wanted to ask you guys: is because we know that X Men are going to be in the MCU. Where do you think we pick up with the X Men in the MCU? Like, where do you think they start? Uh, I would argue. You don't need to worry about that for a while yeah. because you need to worry about the Fantastic Four first. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't think we get an X-Men movie with like from Marvel film at Phase 5, at least, right? Because they, at least. Yeah, they don't have anything announced yet. So I think they'll treat I think they'll treat it like they did Spider-Man. I think we'll get an appearance of one or two mutants in a big Marvel film, just like we got Spider-Man in Civil War. And then, and then if things go well... We'll get like a bigger piece of, of that pie. Um, I think a more interesting question is if if you were to pick three mutants that we get, what are the three that we see? I think that's a big like I think that's a better question, and I'm not sure who those three are because I don't know if they if they want to waste Wolverine that way, but they did it with Spider Man and it worked. Uh, quick sidebar, and I want to this will not should not be a discussion. Uh, I think if we do get something like that, it would be in the Fantastic Four movie because they want to keep these realms separate for as long as they can. Do you think they want to keep them separate? I do for at least a little while because you can't have everything existing in the same plane because people are going to start to ask questions like, where the fuck were you when Thanos snapped the world away? And that's something that they're going to have to. Oh yeah, you're gonna have to like. You have to acknowledge that yeah, at like some point. Every every everyone you bring in post Thanos, they have to acknowledge that the snap did happen and what they were doing. To, and if you do the multiple, you, the multiverse side, there are some points where Thanos did not snap everyone away. And listen, people can travel the multiverse. We've seen it. That's. I think that. Don't quote me, but I I would be very surprised if they didn't go that route. The problem with. Wait until Fantastic Four is is that you have a you have overlapping villains at this point with Galactus. It's because Galactus is the end game for for Fantastic Four. He is the big bad. Sure, I know. You know what I mean. And well, Silver Surfer exists in the X Men universe just as much as the Fantastic Four stories. So it's like now all of a sudden you're you're already you're already moving the, that into well X Men exists in this territory. I mean, that's fine. 
Well, I, I agree with that. I don't think they have a problem mixing them. I just think I just think Marvel is more is more concerned with not jump. Marvel doesn't want so DC didn't watch Marvel and learn from Marvel. Marvel has watched DC and probably learned from DC. Marvel DC's problem was they always jumped in their shit with both feet mm-hmm. just to try to get it out there and get it started. I think Marvel's more concerned with launching these characters as a platform at the right time. Sure. I think that's very important to them. Well, that's so fine. Because it's a form that's worked for them so far. Well, so I, I think, think they, also want, they also want to get as far away from COVID as possible before they start introducing some of these big ones. That's uh, why, I think that's why we've gotten some of the tame movies we've gotten so far. They watched Spider-Man make over a billion, and they watched Top Gun make well over a billion. They're not afraid of COVID at this Yeah, point. but I mean, it, Spider-Man cost $200 million to make. <laughs> I mean, if you put $200 million, but you put two hundred million in. You got to figure the. I mean, before they started making one dollar in profit, you got to figure four hundred million, four hundred fifty million before they made a dollar in profit. I, so, I get it. sorry, Black Panther will make a billion dollars too. Yeah, it's I'm sure. Be I'm not, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it will. But my point is, they would rather be f- as far away from a pandemic as possible. Sure, and that's fine. Maybe that's you know <laughs> we're talking about stuff three years from now. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Uh, oh, speaking of, this is something I want to do again, maybe in January-ish, when we don't really get a lot of compelling theatrical releases or streaming releases. Mm-hmm. Maybe take a look back at an, another retro thing that Roger wants to look at or I want to look at. So I think this has been really good for us. I, I mean, it's something that we can all we all have different opinions on. At least, at yep. least me and you guys, I'm saying, have different yeah. opinions. Then. Yep. But yeah. So, gentlemen, thank you again for joining me. We uh, we did an episode. This has been episode 295B. Thank you. Of four, the love of cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice and Friday of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. I have no Twitter. No Twitter. And check us out on Facebook. Always posting things on social media. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at The Woman King and Me Time from Netflix. Okay. Scott's a bitch. Mm-hmm.